0: Oh, Jesus, <clears throat> my Jesus, do you know him today? Please don't turn him away, oh, geez. my. for without him how lost I will be. Let's focus on him right now. Oh Jesus my Jesus do you know Away, Jesus, my Jesus. For without him, how how lost I would be. be. Amen. If you have your Bibles and would turn with me to the Gospel of Saint John chapter 14. We're just going to read a portion of a verse, and then we will turn to John chapter 15. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray for a minute, would you? Let's pray for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Would you just worship the Lord and praise his name? We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 John chapter 14 in verse 1 says, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Then if you would turn with me to the 15th chapter. I'm just going to read one portion of this 15th chapter. It says in verse 4, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. And everyone said amen. You may be seated. The title of my message today is Do You Long for the Good Old Days? This phrase in English was coined and written by John Henley in 1726 and Scott F F Scott Fitzgerald in his book The Great Gatsby wrote there are only the pursued the pursuing the busy and the tired every 9 seconds <clears throat> a young person drops out of school. This is all uh, averaged, of course, and they tell us that by the time a child reaches 18, they've watched or had um, 10,000 hours invested in uh, video games. And therefore, the difficulty in um, teaching them through lecture is insurmountable, and they lose Interest, become bored, and drop out. But I want to encourage you today to stay focused. Stay focused, amen. There's a lot of noise in the world. There's a lot of uh, activity going on. And if you're not careful, you're going to lose your focus. Jesus knew this, and he told his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. When you see things that you have held dear, they're not necessarily, they're not necessarily spiritual things or they're not necessarily eternal things, but we hold them dear because they are familiar things and things that we love and like in this world. The song Brother Ham had us sing last Sunday is so appropriate, but we don't we don't really sing this song much anymore. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. So everything that you have and everything that you control and the, the possessions that you've gained, you're going to leave them all here. Maybe that we have forgotten that, that Jesus is coming back for a people that have made them heart, their hearts ready for him. Amen? And. The good old days, I'm not so sure, were the great old days. Maybe it was uh, when we were going through the good old days, they weren't the good old days. Uh, you, if, you, if you think back a little bit, I, I remember when we had, my wife and I, we had four children and they were all under the age of 10. And uh, I thought the good old days was before I was married and before I had all those kids. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> You know, we, uh, the good old days is all relative to where you are, and you get to looking back. So take advantage of every moment, every hour, every minute of the day that you have right now. Jesus said it right. He said, today is the day of salvation. Enjoy what you have now. You're not, uh, it's not certain that you'll have it tomorrow. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And did you know that this hectic rush of life we experience isn't unique to this generation? It's not. Because how many times have you heard, and I've just made the statement several times about the good old days. That's something that we long for when life was slower and more simple. Well, that quote sounds something that our parents and grandparents probably didn't experience. I, I'm sure that my, when my grandmother, who had nine children during the Great Depression, probably thought about some good old days before she was married and had all those kids and the pressures, uh, economic pressures that were upon her. You see, the good old days are not necessarily, as I said before, the good old days. We need to enjoy what we've got right now. I'm still fairly convinced that there's never been any more distractions than what we have right now. And we have a lot of things in our lives that can distract us. And I want to give you some things to help you stay focused. Because Paul told the believers, he said, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. I look at a lot of believers and I think that they're being conformed to the world. Their mind is focused on temporal things rather than eternal things. And while we shouldn't ignore the temporal things that we're a part of, uh, the proverbial ostrich hiding its head in the sand uh, saying, I don't know what, and I don't see anything going on. I don't know what's going on. So it it must not be going on. That's not accurate either. We have to know what's going on, but we can't focus on what's going on. Amen. I I would say that the first thing you should do is to begin your day with the Lord Jesus Christ. It was said already here today that you can make a change in your world, however small it might be. You have control to make a change, and the most powerful thing that you have is the ability to pray. You want to change the world right now? Let's change the world right now. Let's say a prayer right now. Would you pray for me as, we, as I preach the word today? Let's pray for me right now. Would you pray? Would you stretch your hand toward me? I thank you, Jesus. You see all these people praying, Lord, I pray for your anointing and the gospel of Jesus Christ to go forth unfettered and unhindered to this world to make a change because we know that by the foolishness of preaching, people's lives are changed, healed, and delivered. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You changed the world right now, right then. You pray. Now you've probably heard that it, to remember something, you repeat it. If you look in this 15th chapter of the book of John's Gospel, Jesus repeats something 10 times. The word "abide" or "remain" is repeated 10 times here. He said, "If you will abide in Me, abiding." If you stay with Jesus, amen, if you hold on to Jesus, don't let go. This is not a time. I know there are a lot of uh, the winds of fear are blowing around and and people are concerned. And I understand. And we're not trying to downgrade or to diminish that in in any sort right here. But I'm going to propose that we uh, grasp a hold of the Lord Jesus Christ, And the faith that he has given to us. And we go forward in faith. Not neglecting. Not ignoring. But we go forward in faith. And staying focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. If we become scattered, if we become uh, uh, allow our mind to focus on the things around us, uh, then the focus on Jesus Christ will be diminished, uh, and He will play a less of a part in our life. Jesus said in John five fifteen four, "Abide in Me." He repeated that in two other ways in John fifteen five through seven. He said, whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing, you can't do anything without the Lord Jesus Christ. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. You want to change the world, you want to make a difference, get inside of Jesus Christ. Get inside of His power. Get inside of His anointing. Allow the Holy Ghost to fill your soul. As Paul told Timothy, he said be full of the Spirit. If you're full of the Spirit, there's going to be a power that's like the power of the universe inside of you. That great power that spoke the worlds into existence, that power that said, let there be light, and there was light, will come into you, amen? You can change and make a difference, but you've got to stay focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. It's not time to stay home, amen. I know we're live streaming this, and there are people watching, we hope, (laughs) but I believe there are, but... Uh, I'm glad that we are able to gather together here. Amen. I don't want to stop gathering together whatever restrictions and precautions we have to take. I'm not going to stop gathering together and singing and praising and worship. And someone said, well, we can't sing out loud. I'm going to sing under my breath. Amen. (laughs) Well, Paul told, he wrote to one church and he said, make a melody in your heart. If you can't open your mouth and let words come out, make a melody in your heart. You find it, it's in the Bible, it's in the book of Ephesians. Amen. You don't know where to start. look up this passage in John chapter 15 and start abiding in Jesus Christ. Remain in prayer First Thessalonians 5: seventeen it says "Pray without ceasing. pray. you know it would be good. I don't know it, it would Make us change the way we think, but every time you heard it, you know, how many hear sirens going around through the city, and all that I hear them. I, I live on South 16th Street, so sirens go by my house quite often. It's a main thoroughfare through town, and then I, I'm not too far from Main Street, so I hear uh, the sirens of ambulance and fire trucks go up and down the uh, street. What if we prayed every time we heard a siren? Amen. I think that would be a good thing, don't you? I don't know what's going on. It could be some, something tragic. could be something minor. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not listening to uh, the scanner. I don't have a scanner. I'm not listening to the police radio or, or the fire department. But it would be a good thing to pray every time you heard an emergency signal go out. Amen? Somebody's praying. You know, you're, you're here because somebody did pray for you. I'm convinced 100% that you're here this morning because somebody prayed for you. Amen. 100% I'm convinced. I've seen this happen over and over. The people that received prayer, they were blessed. The people that did not receive prayer, they they were neglected. You know, I'm going to say this very carefully and... I, I want to qualify the statement, but, you know, God doesn't care until you care. And let me qualify that statement. He cared. He died for the sins of the whole world. So he does care. But let, he, uh, he gave us the opportunity to make a change in our world. And he will, he will act when you act. He acts. He will respond to the faith and prayer that you demonstrate. How many people in Israel did he walk by that were lame, that were blind, that had diseases, and they were never healed? But when people reached out to him, he responded. He's always going to respond in faith. Now we now we look at the Savior uh, many times and think that uh, he was. Without humanity. Remember, he was part of humanity. He got exhausted. He he was there were times that he didn't really feel like uh, uh, being involved in ministry. I think of one time he was leaving the city of Jericho, and there were, there was something on his mind. I'm sure that he had a lot of things on his mind. But there was a man sitting outside the city whose name is Bartimaeus. The scripture says that Jesus was walking by. He wasn't praying for. For people he wasn't ministering he wasn't shaking anyone's hand he was on a destination and that destination was Jerusalem but there was a man named Bartimaeus that started crying out and Jesus didn't stop until the man cried out with such loud cries that finally he stopped and said well tell him to come here Jesus didn't go to him he said tell him to come here if he wants me come He threw off his coat, which identified him as being blind, stumbled his way. I don't think people were too nice to him. They already had told him to shut up. You're you're making too much noise. And he stumbled his way over there. And then Jesus can see that the man is blind. Surely it's obvious. He says to the man, Bartimaeus, what do you want? You know, I made the statement, God doesn't care, Jesus doesn't care until you care. He's wanting to see what Bartimaeus really wanted. And Bartimaeus said that I might receive my sight when you cry out to God, when you speak to Him, when you cry out for situations... Things start changing. Worrying doesn't change anything. Wringing your hands doesn't change anything. Talking to your neighbor about the situation that's going on in the world doesn't change anything. But getting on your knees or speaking words of faith, that's what changes the world that we live in. You say, well, Pastor, I've been talking. Well, maybe you've been talking and using wrong words. You know, there are right words use and wrong words to use. Amen. Yeah, things are getting bad and they're getting worse. Well, that's the world. We live in a world full of, what do you expect? We live in a world full of carnal humanity. They don't have the Holy Ghost. They're not baptized in Jesus' name. They're not living and walking before God. Are you expecting something different? No, we live in a world full of carnal humanity. This is what we should pray. God, change the situation because I'm going to demonstrate faith everywhere I go. Amen. Amen. Remain in prayer. Prayer has a way of changing lives. God doesn't need your eloquent Long winded, pious sounding discourse laced with these and thous and almighties. <laughs> He's not looking, you know. I've had people say to me, Pastor, I, I go to pray and I start stuttering and I stammer and uh, I can't get my words out right and, and my, uh, my brain freezes up and I can't think of what to say. And I said, Well, you know, that's pretty much common to all of us. You ought to be with me sometimes. You know, people say, Well, I, you're the pastor, you go ahead and pray. And I'm thinking, uh, 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 okay. <laughs> I better think of something and act like I'm a pastor right now. Amen. It's true. It happens. You know, uh, we have to limit distractions. There has to be a clear space between us and God. You have to keep that space between you and God clear. Don't allow a lot of a, the distractions to enter into your life. If you find that your life is getting busier and it's more chaotic, then you need to slow you need to take control and slow things down. That's the good old days. You taking control and slowing things down and making priorities and saying, hey, listen, this is not a priority. I, I'm not going to do that today because it's just a distraction. It's just, uh, it's not another thing that I've added to my life. Uh, there are priorities and, and I'm going to make the priorities what they are. Priorities, amen? Limit the distractions. You know, in Joshua chapter 3, verse 4, the people of Israel were commanded to keep a distance of 2000 cubits between them and the Ark of the Covenant. He said, well, wow, that's about a half a mile. If you measure cubits, that's quite a distance, a half a mile. That's a half a mile. That's from this building uh, up uh, almost to the intersection up there by where CVS is. Half a mile. That's 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 quite a ways keep a distance and you say well what's why why such a distance god I would think that they would need to be closer they would need to be uh, almost in touching distance you need to be at a there needs to be a space so you can see no matter what the geography was they were able to see whether the 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 ark was on a hill and you were down in a valley. You were on a hill and it was down there. You could still see it in the distance. Amen. You can always see. You need to keep that separation. Keep it clear. Amen. Amen. Between you and God so you can see what he's doing. You know, it's hard to follow someone if you're only 100 feet away and you're going at 65 miles an hour and then they suddenly turn to the left or turn to the right. It's, it's difficult. It becomes a chase at that point. But when you know you're standing back and you're seeing what God is doing, then you can maneuver when He maneuvers. There was a purpose to why the Lord said stay back. When we fill the the spaces of our lives with all kinds of inconveniences or conveniences or distractions, it becomes difficult, even impossible to see where the Lord is leading. You know, they say they've they've, uh, found that it takes you 23 minutes to recover from a distraction at work. 23 minutes. So you're in the middle of doing something. This is scientific. I'm not just, this is not off the top of my head. 23 minutes. So you're, you're doing something and someone comes up to you and interrupts you or you get a text. That's why you should leave your phone out in your car. <laughs> Amen. It, you, bro, Brother Bruce, you cannot hang drywall in one hand and have a phone in the other hand. You can't text, talk on the phone. I see these people. Now uh, I'm getting to an area where it's going to be really touchy for some of you. They, they wear these earpieces, you know, they're walking around. And, and uh, it, it, you, it is also proven that you cannot do properly, cannot do two things at one time. Okay, I know I, I feel some disagreement coming back toward me. Because some of you try to practice, you multitask, uh, you know, uh, you know, you hold the phone with this, uh, you stir, you know, you're stirring with this hand, you're telling the kid to stop fighting with the, you know, brother or sister over here, and, uh, you know, nothing really truly is getting done well. <laughs> That's why so many pots of food have been thrown out in the, in the trash, <laughs> because you got distracted, <laughs> How many's ever been distracted cooking? Hey, hey Amen. Okay, I'll stop right there. <laughs> I won't use any illustrations. <laughs> 23 minutes. What do you think in spiritual terms, how long it's going to take you to get back on focus if you allow the world to press you into its mold to make you conform? Although you can call yourself a Christian, you can call yourself an apostolic, uh, but you don't pray, you don't uh, read the Word of God, you don't have time to meditate and and, and have a distance between you and God with no distractions uh, that, that God can speak to you. You have to tune out distractions. Have you ever tried to go and study at a restaurant or something? How many has ever tried to do that? You're, you're at, a, at a, it's a busy place. And the next thing you know, you find yourself eavesdropping on the conversation of the table over here. And you're thinking in your mind, no, you shouldn't do that. No, no, no. I'm thinking, why am I giving those people advice? I don't even know those people. Mind your own business. M-Y-O-B. Amen? Let's go on. Practice prayer in a noisy environment. That means you should be able to pray no matter where you are. I have people say, Pastor, I can only pray when it's quiet. Listen, we live in a very noisy world, so when are you going to pray? it's lot likely that you will pray. You know, because the, the time you get out of, out of bed when that alarm goes off and, the, and you get on the road and, and you get to wherever you're going or you work from home or whatever it's going on, all the stuff that's going on in your mind, there's a lot of noise. You have to learn to pray in a noisy environment. You need to block it out and say, this is my time with the Lord. Melody making a melody in your heart, Ephesians 5, 19. I refer to that verse of Scripture. Let's read read that passage. That would be good for us to read right now. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5. And verse 19. He says here, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You know, sometimes I whistle while I do things. And, and uh, I find that that's my way to sing, you know. I'm just whistling or singing or humming a song. It's good to allow the presence of the Lord to be there. I'm not necessarily, thi- I might be thinking about something else or what I'm doing. But I'm allowing the background music of my life to be filled with God's presence. Amen. Plan your life according accordingly. Amen. Don't allow your life to get planned just willy-nilly. You know, if you don't make plans, somebody else is going to make a plan for you. Amen. Uh, uh, if you don't make re- plans for retirement, somebody else will make plans for retirement for you. If you don't plan on uh, getting old, somebody else is going to make those plans for you. Uh, if you, you're living in a five-room house, a five-bedroom house and, and several bathrooms and, you, and you're reaching a certain age where you can't get, uh, take care of it, it's, it's time for you to downsize and get to a place that you can manage in, a, in an easy way. If you don't do it, somebody else will do it for you. Uh, someone sent me a meme the other day and it had a, a, a picture of a baby boomer. And uh, they had, behind them was a curio cabinet. How many knows what a curio cabinet is? You know, Curio cabinets where you put all those things that you buy. You know, all those cups. <laughs> I'm, I'm t- stepping on toes, forgive me. Amen, my humblest apologies. Uh, but you need it anyhow. <laughs> and all those cups and that you bought at that auction, that you bought at that garage sale, that you just had to have, they were a great by, and those, those teacups and teapots and those vases or whatever you and you, you stuck them in this curio cabinet to look at they're vessels without honor <laughs> in other words you, you can't use them well honey let's make a pot of tea I'll just go over here to the curio cabinet and get one of those oh no that's, that's just to look at well they're useless vessels then and so the meme had this person, this uh, baby boomer, had set telling their children, holding a, tea, um, a little dainty teacup with a saucer, said, one of, this, one of these days, all this will be yours. <laughs> no. Because I promise you, my mother's sitting right there, I promise you, and she knows. You know where? I will put it in a box and it will go to GW (laughs) or to the curb. (laughs) Amen? I don't want it. (laughs) I'm trying to become a minimalist in my life. I don't need more teapots and and saucers and cups. I, I need less. Just give me one mug. That's all I need. Oh, hallelujah. I've stepped on lots of toes there. And perhaps the Lord allowed me to say that so you could downsize and get rid of that stuff that's turning moldy in your house. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go on. (laughs) Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 Jesus teaches no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one. And despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You've heard that verse. You probably also heard the term mammon in place of money at the end of it. In the King James, the word mammon is a word that primarily represented money and possessions, but it was also used to refer to lusts of all kinds. It's a broad word meaning it covers anything that would control your life amen you can't serve that I'm not saying that you can't have an extra teapot or an extra a, a doodad hanging in but you know if the worst comes to worst and the house is going to burn down I'm not running back in there to get it amen it'll just have to go God bless it I enjoy it while I, while, while I had it amen Serve God, serve God. If you're serving God with your resources, resources, your time, your energy, your talents, and your money, then staying focused is going to be, come naturally. i want to give you the last point that I'm going to give to you this morning. Remove sin from your life. This actually could be the, have been the first point, but remove sin from your life. The Bible says lay aside every weight, every weight, every weight. I'm talking about weights that weigh us down. I'm talking about weights that will pull us down. You know, they, they told me when I went to the YMCA and I took swimming lessons, the instructor said, you can't wear, wear a bunch of weights unless you want to go to the bottom. He said, if you're going to try to save someone, you pull things off of them that would pull them down. Lay aside the weights and the sin. It's usually just one sin that holds us all back. It's that one thing that's going to cause you to lose out. Uh, Lay aside the weights. I'm talking we need to lay aside the sin in our life. Sin. It's sin that's going to destroy you. It's sin that's going to take you out of the kingdom. It's sin that's going to uh, cause you to lose out with God. It's sin where you will not make it in the rapture. It's going to be sin. Remove habitual, continuous, sinful habits and patterns from your life. Amen. Amen. Now, this is a real preacher here. I'm going to preach on sin. These sinful habits that you allow to get in your life, these secret sins that no one else knows. I'm talking to you. You better get them under control and get it out. You can't enjoy it and say, well, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to live for God and I'm going to still do this on the side. No, that's not how it works. You've got to have a clean heart, a clean mind, a clean hands. You get rid of that sin out of your life. Get rid of that spiritual adultery. You're serving God on one hand and you have a relationship of doing something else in the world on the other hand. That's spiritual adultery. You can't get on the internet, oh wait a minute, you can't get on the internet and watch pornography by the hour and think you're going to worship God and sing praises to Him. Oh, hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must rid, get rid of anything that slows us down. Especially, sin that distracts us. If there's someone, something, some place, or anything in your life that leads you away from God, I wanna I wanna just touch here a moment. We talk a lot about addictions, and we refer to uh, addictions of alcoholism or illegal substances. I, I find that there's a lot of addictions to prescription medications in the church those medications are meant to do certain things amen they're meant to assist you and help you under the qualifications from a doctor they prescribe those to you to help you in certain ways but for you to abuse them in a consistent unethical way is sinful. You cannot be addicted. To mind altering drugs. And it not affect you in the long term. Amen. Come on I'm preaching this morning. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Stay focused on God. Growing in your spiritual life. In your prayer. Your Christian life. You got to kill that sin, or to kill you spiritually, physically, or both. You see, we're running a race, brothers and sisters. We're running. We're in a race. We're running. The Bible says this is a race, and if you're going to run a race, you you can't carry a a backpack in the race. You can't pull a wagon in the race. You've got to jettison yourself of all things that are. That, are, uh, uh, that would weigh you down, that are not necessary, that would keep you back. Amen. I, I'll never forget a man who had, his wife had prayed for him for years to receive the Holy Ghost. And he, um, he was a businessman and he was very busy and he... I didn't have time to go to church. He didn't have time to hardly be with his family. He was just busy, busy, busy. You know, some people, they said, well, there's seven days a week, and I'm not, I, I don't have, there's not enough time in the, in the week. And, what, and we say, well, what if we gave you another day? And they said, well, that would give me more time to accomplish and rather than having a day to rest. You know, this, there is a day to rest. It's called Sunday. Amen. But he was busy, busy, busy. And God allowed something in his life brought him to a complete stop and halt. This is good for you today because maybe some of you are just you're anxious and you're going forward and you're so busy that you don't have time to contemplate the, the living God that we serve and God brought him to a, a screeching halt and he saw what was going on in his life and he told his wife he said I want to go to church with you and she was astonished well you know the lord was answering your prayer but she was astonished that he wanted to go to church and he said yeah so he got his got got up dressed that sunday morning and, and went to church and and he followed every you know he hadn't been to church whatever she did he did and so he saw a raise in her hands, and so he thought, well, that's what they do here. So he raised his hands, not really knowing what he was doing, you know, looking around a little bit. But, you know, after a while, the presence of God started touching him, and pretty soon a tear started trickling down his face. You know, he, he said, I'm crying, and I don't even know why I'm crying. You know, I've never cried. I've gone through a lot of, a lot of things. He said, I just don't cry. And all of a sudden, a, another tear come down on this side. And, and he said, I don't know what's happening to me. And the preacher preached. He said, I don't know what he preached, but he asked me, he said, would you like to come down and pray? And he said, I shook my head. Yes. So they went down there and I the preacher told me what to do. And he said, I did everything. And next thing I know, I, I was talking in a language that I didn't know anything about. He, he said it, it changed my life. He said, I went and got baptized. He and he became this hardened businessman, this that this man that was used to making deals he became like a child. And from there on, he would ask the pastor, he would say, Pastor, I've been asked to do this, but he said, I just want to know if I do this, is this going to hurt my Holy Ghost? <laughs> is, this, is this going to hurt what I've got? Because I don't want anything to be hurt I've received something in my life that I've never experienced. If I do this, is it going to hurt me? And the pastor would say, I think you could do it. And if you he gave him instructions and he said he would go to the pastor, the pastor explained to me, he would go, come to me all the time, this hardened man that didn't really need my advice for many things of the world. But when it came to the spiritual things, he would say, if I do this, pastor, is this going to hurt my Holy Ghost? You see, that's what we need to ask. Is this going to really hurt my Holy Ghost if I do this? Is this going to cause spiritual harm to me? Amen. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. I thank you for your spirit that we feel in your presence right now. I thank you for your anointing in this place. Lord, your word is going forth. I pray that it would touch the hearts of those who are hearing the Holy Ghost going forth right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, touch the hearts with conviction. Touch with your power. Touch with your righteousness. Touch with your goodness right now. In Jesus' name, God, draw them to you. Draw them to your side. Hallelujah. 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 I think of that old song, old old songs. Draw me nearer, 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 precious Lord. To thy precious bleeding side. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet right now? We're not going to ask you to come to the front, but I'm going to ask you if you feel the presence of God into your heart, in your heart, would you kneel at your pew right where you are? Would you just say, I, Pastor, I need something from God. I need a change. I cannot continue to live the way I'm living. And I, I cannot continue to do the things that I've been doing. I want to change. I want to change. I want a drastic change in my life. Hallelujah. Sister Carmela, she's going to sing and, and lead us in worship right now. I'm going to ask you, would you kneel at your pew, at your, wherever you're standing, would you kneel right now and pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Sing. Sister.